Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's our good friend, David Locke. What's going on, David? Hey, guys. Lots hey. going on. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm looking at your setup outside the studio here for tonight. It looks good. Jeremy Potter, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, buddy. Incredible stuff. Hey, uh, you know, COVID-19 times, jumping through a lot of hoops. Shout out to Jeremy. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He did a great How's job. That going for, how's it going for you, David, having to uh, do it from the arena, uh, uh, road and home? Try and do the best we can. Hopefully, I mean, really the question is how's it going for the listener. And hopefully, I mean, I think the things we can control, I think we're still doing better than most broadcasts in the league and have done, you know, we have great connections and great contacts. And we got a guy who's been in the league for 50 years and Ron Boone. And so I think we're still bringing, you know, unique in- insight to the team and what's taking place and, um, you know, trying to call the game the best we can. Well, your pre and post game shows need some work. Well, I mean, as long as we get assists between the two, <laughs> the main show will be okay. It will be all right. Uh, so, David, can I can I ask you a question about something Jake and I were talking about before we had you come on? And it's it's this uh, in dissecting that game last night. Uh, we were talking about the physical uh, disadvantages that the Jazz had and some mental uh, disadvantages. Uh, can you sort of give us a wrap of your thought on what you saw the jazz unable to slow down Kyrie Irving, unable to stop points in the paint and then, uh, not showing a whole lot of energy. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I think they, we got beaten transition a lot early. Um, there's a kind of a myth out there that if you miss a three, it's a long rebound and people can run on it. I actually think the opposite is true. Like you go get a layup, you get in the paint, you flatten out the defense, and and sometimes when you miss those shots, they actually can run a little bit better because you're not floor balanced the way you were before. And when they got out and ran on us, um, we got cross matched all over the place defensively, and then couldn't guard our guys. So now they're in the paint kind of endlessly, and now they're kicking out to shooters, or Kyrie's just doing his thing. Um, so I mean, it was just a it was just a bad start. I, I do think, and this is not an excuse, I just think this is the reality. Like, there are nights when – I talked about this on Lockdown Jazz. Like, as a um, – and maybe this is just me as a as a radio host, but, like, the greatest thing to me, the thing that, you know, was probably my most favorite part of the job other than, like, those big moments if you actually call them right and, or when you just feel a game perfectly as a play-by-play announcer. Like, those are the greatest. But there's the kind of the thing – is always is like the bus arrives at the arena and you get off the bus. You're usually underneath or in the case of Brooklyn, you've actually gone up a bus elevator and they spun you around on this little thing and it's totally awesome. And you get out and there's always people around and there's an energy and there's a vibe and you might go by the TV truck and then there's, you know, there's people walking around and you'll see other media and you can kind of feel it. You enter into the, you walk into the arena and the fans have begun to come in depending on the time you walk in. And there's just an energy to everything you're doing and you just start to, there's plenty of days in my career over the last 12 years in which I was really tired and we were on the back end of a back-to-back or I didn't take care of myself well enough or whatever it might have been. And I walked into the arena and, and didn't have any juice and, and and you got off the bus and then you saw that and all that stuff started happening and then you started to pick it up a little bit and you didn't need the extra cup of coffee. You were just ready to go because you're in the arena and you saw Allie Love from Peloton and you're like, Woo-hoo, let's go. There's none of that this year. Right? So these guys get off the bus. They're one of like 100 people in the arena. 35 of which just got off their bus. 
transport now one of their four buses because there's four buses instead of two because they need to be separated for COVID. And so, and they're not sitting next to each other on a bus talking anymore. They're sitting separated on buses with their masks on. And so I, I just think that there's a little bit more of this, like you could walk into an arena and if you don't have your juice, there's not a thing that's going to get you your juice along the way. Um, and so I think these guys are going to have to learn and adapt on how to make sure they personally bring it every night instead of any external stimulus. David, how big of a problem are dynamic guards going to be for this team? Well, I mean, in one sense, we have Rudy in the middle. and the other sense, you know, we just don't have, you know, the, you know Royce last year it spent the fourth most amount of time on a tier one offensive player of any player in the NBA. And the others are like are Terrence Ferguson, Lou Dort, and somebody intuitively obvious who I can't remember right now. Um, like Lou Dort is a defensive mastermind. Terrence Ferguson is like really built, should be pretty good defensively. Like, um, oh, Torrey Craig. Like that's what Torrey Craig does, right? Royce O'Neal's the next guy. Like Royce O'Neal's not quite Torrey Craig or, or, or Lou Dort, but he's the best we got. Yeah. So that's his assignment every night, whether it's a big, strong four, LeBron James or – Kyrie Irving, and that was just a heck of a lot to ask out of Royce. But 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 who's our second best on ball defender? Yeah, I've I've asked this question uh, uh, to myself a bunch of times. Shouldn't it be Donovan? Yeah, but you're asking an awful lot out of him on the other end. Yeah. So maybe for four possessions at a given moment in time, you can get that out of Donovan. But I don't think you can get it out of sixty possessions out of him. So is it Joe? Is it is it uh, your boy Mie? Well, it might be Mie. Like eventually, right? It might, yeah, it might be me or Shaq Harrison. Like, yeah, um, Shaq Harrison, David. That's a very interesting. Is he? Could he do it? Well, that's what he's made his name for in the league. I get. I haven't seen him enough to know. Um, I have my theory on this. I get very nervous about players that can't shoot. Um, it's my Ronnie Brewer corollary. Yeah. Like we used to always talk about what a great defensive player Ronnie Brewer was. I'd love to really find out if the coaches actually thought he was that good a defensive player. But I almost felt like because he couldn't shoot and he was six seven and long, we just decided, and quite frankly, we do this to African-American players more than we do it to non-African-American players, that if they're six seven and they can't shoot, then they have to be elite athletes and great defensively. Well, I never thought Ronnie Brewer was that good defensively, watching him. Like, I just thought he couldn't shoot. And, like, I see it all the time in the league where, like, there's the guy who can't shoot, so immediately we say he's a great defensive player. Like, I might have done it with Torian Prince, but I, I think Torian Prince is a very good defensive player. He's also not a great shooter, right? Like, um, And so, like, Bruce Brown last night was not a very good shooter, so he must be a great defensive player or else he wouldn't be in the league. Like, you just kind of deduce those things. And so I sometimes think that you have to be, um, you know, I think you have to be. It's, it's hard to figure out. So, David, I'm going to circle back to, to – uh... Rudy Gobert, the, his duty at the defensive end, what is what is he supposed to do when what happened last night is happening? Because it looked to me like at times he was having to cover three different guys spinning in circles, and then at other times he was getting shoved around down there. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I'll just quote – I mean, I, we can just quote Rudy. for Rudy said he was terrible last night, right? Like, I'm not quoting – I'm gonna, I can quote Rudy on that one. Rudy said – um, I'm reading from this paper called the Salt Lake Tribune. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, you can subscribe and get it, though, if you want to, um, Gordon, if you haven't done that already. Um, right? But, I mean, like, 
I mean, what was Rudy's quote? I just didn't bring it tonight, especially in the first quarter. I have to set the tone for my team, my teammates, every single night. And tonight, I didn't start the game with the intensity that I should have. Allen played a good game. He's a good player, but I started the game soft. So, I mean, I think Rudy's got to be better than he was last night. But everyone, I mean, I, I didn't think anyone was good last night. Like, I'm not jumping up and down for about um, – you know, Naismith created a game where 90 points are going to be scored, so I really could care less what anyone scored last night. Let me uh, can I follow that up real quick with a thought on what Donovan Mitchell said in the post game? Uh, I think it was something along the lines of "We got to decide what we want to be or what we are." He said, "We here's Do- here's the, co- the the quotes are very different. It's interesting." Donovan's quote was, "We just didn't do much right tonight, and that can't happen. It's been the story all season. What we." What are we? Four and three, whatever it is, that's indicative of our play. We had two and a half good games, then three bad ones. So it's like we got to figure out who we want to be right now. David Locke is with us, uh, 97.5 and 12. Gordon Monson, you should write a column on those two quotes. (laughs) Yeah, that's – I heard that, and it stopped me in my tracks. I mean, I was like – Okay, uh, let me ask you, David, how do you interpret that? I'm not going to interpret it. Sorry. Because because you can't or you don't want to? Because I don't know I'd be right. And that's too important a question for me to be wrong on and guess. So, uh, so Jake, uh, you and I are very irresponsible. Uh, what, what You're also not the radio voice of the team. You're the talk show host. So, like, I'm actually <laughs> in the stunning moment of my life understanding my role. Knock yourself out, Gordon. <laughs> Fire away. Just, uh, that sounds like Donovan was angry with the mindset. I mean, because there's nothing you can do about – if you can get beat physically, if you can't cover Kyrie Irving, you can't cover him. But Donovan is addressing something else there. It's attitudinal. It's it's uh, that you they have to be they have to, <laughs> what you hate. You guys hate this kind of broad top, top uh, label, I guess. They have to be tougher, you know. But they have to be engaged in what's happening on the floor. And I think Donovan is seeing that, and maybe he's including himself in that observation. But he thinks the entire team needs to. Dial in and 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 give its best effort. I guess that's my interpretation. Gordon, you're good at your job. I'm, I'm always. I mean, like, I just don't want to comment. I just, it's not a productive. Like, I'm just going to pass. I, I rarely do it, um, but I'm going to pass. Well, time is short. Let me change the subject because I do want to get your thoughts on the Knicks, David, because they've been one of the surprises in the NBA uh, thus far. What is, what's your thought on the on their matchup tonight? I think they're going to be a real problem tonight. Um, I watched them against Atlanta, and I actually thought we had a I thought we had a better chance against the Nets than the Knicks, having watching watched them both play Atlanta. Julius Randle leads the NBA in isolation attempts. R.J. Barrett is playing much much better. Second year players across the league are playing really well. They've kind of had an extra training camp. Um, and R.J. Barrett looks really, really good. They don't have a good pick-and-roll game because Alfred Payton's not a great point guard. They have a better pick-and-roll game with Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel quickly than they do with um, Alfred Payton, and they went to that late the other night um, at a pretty high level. Um, uh, and he finished the game, was super impressive, late pick, good job by Walt Perrin, uh, former Jazz man, now on that staff. And... Uh, you know, I think they'll isolate 
and Austin Rivers is a great isolation player. I, I, I think they're going to come down the floor. They're going to find um, whatever matchup they want, and they're going to dribble drive. Now, Mitchell Robinson should still be near the rim for Rudy. But, you know, we saw last night, every time Rudy had to come over and help, then they passed it either around. Nope, we didn't get a lot of backside help, or they got an offensive rebound on it. So I'm, I'm really concerned tonight in our ability to guard them. I, I think they, they feel like a really tough, you know, we'll probably win by 20. I've been wrong on every game all year. Um, but, they're, you know, they're going to come right at us um, and just drive, just drive to the basket, maybe kick out. They're very, they've been a pretty good spot-up shooting team. So when we have to come help, it's going to be hard. I, so I think that's um, – uh, I'm concerned. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. And I'll, I'll tell you the other one that's concerning to me watching us. This is a little little tiny one for you. I'll share this with you. Usually you watch teams run small, small ball screens against teams to find matchups that they want. So, like, if you're playing Houston – and Robert Covington was guarding Donovan Mitchell, you would bring James Harden's man up to the ball and run a pick so that James Harden switches on to Donovan Mitchell and let Donovan Mitchell attack James Harden, right? I'm not even seeing teams do that. Right? They're not avoiding – I haven't seen anyone run ball small, small screens to get matchups against us. They just are going. Like, that's – like, I don't know why that's concerning me. Maybe that's really silly. But, like, they're not avoiding Joe Ingles. If they have Joe Ingles, they just drive at him. If they have Donovan Mitchell, they just drive at him. If they have Mike Conley, they just drive at him. If they have Royce O'Neal, they just drive at him. they have Boyan, they just go at him. They sometimes bring Boyan up. But they, you're not seeing a lot of – you're not seeing a lot of that. Well, David, thank you for jumping on with us. As always, we'll, uh, we'll see you in the building tonight. My pleasure. Thanks, guys.